Today's episode of the Locked On Royals podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and get $10 off your first order. Wind blowing toward right field. If Alex could find something to pull, get it in the air, he would get some help. Familia's next pitch. Belted to deep center. Back goes Lagares. And gone, Alex Gordon. In comes the pitch. Broken bat, one hopper to third. And over to first in time. Runner going to try to score. Wild throw. Hosmer gambling that he could dash home on the throw to first base. And the Royals have tied the game. For the very best in baseball, this is the place you want to be. Let's get it going on the Locked On Royals podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. On today's show, we're going to continue What If Week. Last time we talked about what if the Royals sent Alex Gordon in Game 7 of the 2014 World Series. Today, we're going to talk about the offseason leading into 2015 and also a lot more on today's show. But first, I want to tell you about our good friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. I cannot get over how incredible this bar is. Built Bar sent all of the hosts on the network a variety pack sampling all of their flavors, and it's been amazing. My favorite has to be the banana nut bread, but every single bar has chocolate on the outside that makes it go down smooth and taste enjoyable for just 110 calories. They're awesome. They're low in sugar. They're low in carb. If you're watching that as well, they are incredible. They're good for after workouts, before workouts to give you that energy boost. They're also good for just skipping meals. If you want to use one as a breakfast or maybe even a lunch, they're awesome in that way too. They're very filling. Again, my favorite has to be the banana nut bread. I also like all of the peanut butter ones. Peanut butter brownie, peanut butter, all of those ones are really good. I cannot get over how good they taste, and you can go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off that first order of Built Bars, and they're the best protein bar on the market. They do not taste like a protein bar. They do not taste chalky. They do not taste you know, punishable. They, they taste really, really good. You're going to enjoy your purchase and enjoy the flavor of Built Bar, so go check them out, BuiltBar.com. Promo code LOCKEDON, $10 off your first order. So I wanted to talk today about... 2015 and just the what if scenarios of that season and this is going to continue on tomorrow as well because 2015 actually did have a ton of what ifs a ton of them uh, the first being if there's no Kendris Morales this this lineup looks and to- looks totally different and does not even come close to a World Series that that's number one um, but there's a ton of different ways you can go with this let's just fast forward right to the deadline. And, of course, this is where they made the move for Ben Zobrist and Johnny Cueto. I don't think that they make the World Series or even win the World Series without these two guys. And, yeah, Johnny Cueto, a bit of a disappointment whenever you put the entire body of work, you know, that second half of the season, when you put it all together. But those two to three incredible outings in the postseason, that makes everything worth it. And and everyone knew the trade was for just getting a World Series. That was all. That was all you needed was a World Series. It didn't matter the ins and outs in the day-to-day. It mattered about if you were going to be lifting up the World Series trophy. 
So Johnny Cueto did his job. And whenever you look back on it, who do you want back? And I and I said this before, this was a big trade at the time because Brandon Finnegan was, in the, was involved. And Brandon Finnegan had just come off 2014 where he's lighting up the postseason as a literal first-year pro. Not just a rookie in baseball, you know, not just a rookie in the MLB, but a first-year pro. He was in the College World Series six months earlier. So everyone thought Brandon Finnegan could be a big deal, could be that piece, could be that ace that the Rose have looked for for so long, that homegrown talent, the ace. But he wasn't. And they traded him for Johnny Cueto, uh, and, and he was pretty much the biggest chip in there. Uh, Lamb, that was traded, had a, had a good uh, PCL season that year. I believe the All-Star game and the PCL, the All-Star game, was like a week before he got traded or after he got traded, excuse me. And he was an All-Star. I think he was even going to start that All-Star game, if I remember right. That was such a long time ago. But I think that Lamb was going to start that All-Star game in the PCL. He was on fire down there. So that looked like an, another promising pitcher to give up. And you were just going to get back Johnny Cueto in return. But everyone in Kansas City was on fire about that trade. Because, of course, it was going to bring you one step closer to a World Series. And then... On top of that, you do the Ben Zobrist trade. And this is the only trade in 2015 that you really lost anything of note. I mean, you lose Sean Minaya, who's turned into a very good pitcher. He's thrown a no-hitter, and he's also gotten to deal with injuries. But all in all, he's a very good pitcher, and the Royals desperately need, need pitching right now. I mean, desperately need pitching. We've talked about how competitive that lineup is, 1 through 9, even this year. In a year that you're expected to finish last to second to last, only being at the Tigers in your division, if we do play in the Central Division. Uh, but still, you do that trade 100 times out of 100 times. No questions asked, no doubt about it. So, you know, you might want Sean Manaya back in the grand scheme of things, uh, but you totally make that deal for a World Series. I mean, that's the cost of doing business. And to get two guys that one solidified your lineup, the other solidified your rotation in the postseason and brought you that that energy and brought you those performances that he did in the postseason, to only lose one guy that you want back, that's incredible. There's only one guy in both those trades that you would even want back in Kansas City right now, that you even miss in Kansas City right now, and he's dealt with injuries. So even then, it's questionable at least, but he's a great pitcher, and whenever he is healthy, he, plays, he pitches extremely well. So, fin- for, so Manaya, you do want back. But at the end of the day, again, to get two guys that truly impacted and truly changed your season for the cost of one player that is good, and maybe one day can be an all-star, but even that, he's not an all-star yet, that's incredible. That, that's a great job by Dayton Moore. And there's a lot of things you, you can kill Dayton Moore for. A ton of things. Those two moves are a great job by Dayton Moore. Just great. This podcast is also brought to you by our good friends over at 24, the life stories and lessons from the Say Hey Kid, the audiobook edition of 24, life stories and lessons from the Say Hey Kid. In a reflective and inspirational memoir, the legendary Willie Mays shares his inspirations, his influences that are responsible for guiding him on and off the field. He is wildly regarded as one of the greatest all-around baseball players in the history of the sport. Willie Mays offers people of all ages his lifetime of experience meeting challenges with positivity, integrity, and triumph. This special audiobook production includes a foreword read by Bob Costas and a bonus conversation with Willie Mays and his author, John Shea. 
Whether you miss seeing your favorite players on the field this season or you're looking for a perfect Father's Day gift, 24 is an inspirational story of one of the sport's most favorite living legends. Buy the audiobook edition of 24 right now wherever audiobooks are sold. You can get it anywhere that you can find an audiobook. Get 24 life lessons and stories from the Say Hey Kid. So, and then in 2015, you shift over to the postseason. And the postseason for the Royals is pretty much all what-ifs. I mean, it's it's pretty much every series is a what-if. You start in Houston, and we rewatched the game a couple weeks ago whenever quarantine first started. There's no way that they should have won that game in Houston where the governor you know, tweets out, you know, congratulations to Houston, congratulations to the Astros, they're moving on. And then you rally in the eighth inning, you know, off the glove of Correa and the blink of an eye, Carlos Correa goes from hero to goat. You, you all remember that game. Nine times out of ten, that does not happen. And so that really set the tone for the rest of the postseason. And, you know, you, you kind of got to experience both sides of postseason baseball in two years. In year one, you're dominating everybody. You come back in the wildcard game, that's true. But then from there, you sweep the O's, you sweep the Angels, and then you go to Game 7 with the Giants. But you really took control of the ALDS and ALCS. You know, fast forward to 2015, you're fighting, you're battling in every single series. It starts in Houston again with the massive comeback against the Astros in Houston, where Mike Moustakis legendarily gives that speech about how you know, we're not going to get eliminated tonight and everything else he said that is not PG-friendly, you know, for this podcast. But you look at that game, and that really set the tone for the postseason because against the, the Blue Jays, you're not supposed to win that season. The the dash from Lorenzo Cain, scoring from first base on a bloop single to Jose Bautista. What is that about? There are so many what-ifs you can dive into from this postseason and then you get to the World Series. And this is where their World Series is an interesting one. Because at every point, they could have lost. They should have lost to the Astros. Probably should have lost to the Blue Jays. I'm not going to lie to you. They should, have, they should have been eliminated twice before they even step on the field in the World Series. And then you get to Game 1. And here's where we're going to start. Game 1. Now, Cesar Escobar inside the park home run. Lead off inside the parker. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Then the game continues, and the error by Eric Hosmer happens. But what happens after that? One of the best closers in baseball that year, Jarius Familia comes on. He pitches out Scordon. Boom, a home run. Tie ball game. That's, you know, see you later. That's how we're going to extend it to two extra innings. And then Eric Cosmer redeems himself and hits the, the walk-off sack fly. But it took one of the best closers in baseball that season to blow game one. And then you get to game five. Eric Hosmer does not score on that play nine times out of ten. And it goes back to what we said last week about Alex Gordon. If you freeze frame that mad dash home by Hosmer, he's out by a mile. But the pressure it put on Lucas Duda to overthrow that baseball, to try to get rid of it quickly, to panic, allowed him to score. He was out by a mile if that throw is online. So putting pressure on the defense is an incredible thing that the Royals did very well the last two years of their postseason runs in 2014 and in 2015. So 
you shouldn't have won Game 1 in the World Series. You shouldn't have won Game 5 of the World Series. And then also, you shouldn't have beat the Astros. You shouldn't have beat the Blue Jays. That run was amazing, and I compare it again to the Chiefs. You Most of the time, you don't come back against the Texans. Most of the time, you don't come back against the, the Titans. Mo, you, you certainly do not come back against that defense against the 49ers. You know, ten, down 10, 2 minutes left, 4 minutes left, you don't come back. There was just something magical about these runs, and, and I think that, that makes it even sweeter, you know, than if you just march your way there, like, say, the Bulls had before, even the Warriors. What did the Warriors lose that year? One one postseason game? It's Every championship, championship's fun, but those memories of of the Correa error, of the 24-point comeback from Patrick Mahomes, those memories, I cannot see how they can be topped. I really don't. I don't think that any championship run that is wire-to-wire untested can top you know, probably should have lost every single series. Every single game of the postseason you should have lost if you're the Chiefs. Every single series of the postseason you should have lost if you're the Royals. But there's a ton of what-ifs to dive into. So what if Hosmer is thrown out? Ball game, you know, Harvey stays on, you know, everything changes, and, or excuse me, Harvey's out of the game, but the Mets win that game. They win game five, they push it back to Kansas City. What if they win game one and game five? Two games that really, really the Royals needed, you know, luck in to win those games. And of course, the Alex Gordon home run uh, is more about him hitting the ball than luck because it's not exactly a, a bad hop to Correa. You know, again, I cannot call that an error. That was such a tough play for Correa. You know, he gets, I hope he doesn't get crucified in Houston and they have much bigger problems to worry about than a game from five years ago. But that was a terrible hop and that was not Correa's fault at all. So you didn't get that kind of luck, but still, it was improbable that one of the best closers in baseball that season would have blown that 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 lead in that game in Game 1. You lose Game 1, Game 5, that series is turned on its head. Two games you easily could have lost, especially Game 5. Then the pressure's on you whenever you go to Game 6, and then you return to, 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 the, to the K for Game 7, if that's, you know, if necessary. So... There's a ton of what-ifs to dive into. Let me know your favorite what-if of the Kansas City Royals history in the modern era, you know, from 2014, 2015. And then tomorrow we're going to talk about 2016 because that's where I really want to get into the the what-ifs of 2016 because it could have been handled, it could have been done, it could have been executed a lot better than it was. So be good and be good to one another, and we'll see you tomorrow on the Lockdown Royals podcast.